Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. My name is Casey O'Hollick, and on today's episode, we are heading to the South 13th Street and West Oklahoma Avenue corridors to talk with two planning experts about the Envision South 13th Street Together campaign. This episode is exciting for a couple reasons. One, if you live, work, or play on the South Side, this episode will help you get caught up with what's going on with the Southwest Side area plan. And two, if you do not know what an area plan is, but you're interested in city development, economic development, then stay close by. We have all of the explainers for you. Really quickly, if you want to stay up to date or you want to know how to get involved in your Milwaukee community, subscribe from wherever you get podcasts to get new episodes dropped into your feed every couple weeks. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support our work, consider also becoming a patron of ours on Patreon. For just $4.14 a month, 414, you can help us stay on the air at 1041 River West Radio, WXRW, every other Wednesday at 5.30, and help us keep up on all of our administrative needs. We are all still volunteers here at Bridge the City, but your support helps make it easier for us to keep building our community. So while you're hopping on to Patreon to help support our work or subscribing to us or talking about us on Twitter, whatever you got to do to help us spread the word, I will let Amy Oath and Leif Otison take it away. Hi, I'm Amy Oath. I'm a senior planner in the planning division at the Department of City Development in the city of Milwaukee, um, and I'm the project manager for the Envision South 13th Street Together Plan. And my name is Leif Otison, executive director at the Crusoe Corridor Business Improvement District here in the city of Milwaukee. So let's get right into it. We're here to talk about the Envision South 13th Street area plan. But before we can begin to talk about that, I think we need a little bit of an explainer about what area plans are. So from what I understand, they're part of the city's comprehensive plan, which might also need a definition. Um, and the city of Milwaukee is covered by these 14 area plans, which guide future neighborhood development with land use design and project recommendations. Can you explain to us what this plan is? generally, and what value an area plan holds for a community? So the city has an overall comprehensive policy plan that encompasses the entire city. Um, But then what we've done, and it started back in 2008 was when the process first started, developing 14 different area plans, and they have been updated or there's been newer ones, you know, in the last 10 years. But essentially what those do is it divided the city into 14 different areas to look at those sets of neighborhoods in more detail and really focus on a vision for those areas, dividing them up and looking at different catalytic projects, um, setting but policy decisions on how land use and different projects should be implemented, where different uses can go, where to really focus on efforts and that sort of thing. And then what we've done over the last 10 years is we've strategically updated portions of those plans, so geographic portions. The one that we've recently getting close to completing is the Fondi and North plan. That's our first full update of an area plan. But otherwise, we've been looking at just these like Envision 13th Street, um, more strategic plans focused on um, different areas. Um, but Casey, you're right. Yes, they inform. They set the, the vision. They involve a lot of community input so that we know how to guide development and um, look for funding for different projects in the city. And from the work that I've seen happen in the city, it sounds like this takes a very long time to create. And then you take it to 
the council and the council adopts this plan. So once that happens, well, 1A, what, what input can the council give on the area plan once it's developed? And then what does that really mean for community members or business owners in the city? So during that um, planning process, we really need the community's involvement, um, stakeholders, businesses, residents, um, everyone involved, including the other persons that are that fall like within those districts. Um, often with our area plans, there can be a, couple, a few other persons involved. Um, so there, we continuously update them and involve them with the public input plan before the plan even starts, and then involving a lot of different community partners. So in that way, the by the time it's adopted, those common council members. Um, do know, you know, what's in the plan and what to guide and have had input as well. Um, and when it's adopted by Common Council, it becomes a legal document. It really helps us apply for grants and look for local funds to help implement those projects and have already had community input to know what that means. Can you define the area of the, the area plan, the streets and, and such? The official planning area is um, Harrison on the north, Morgan on the south, and then um, 6th on the east and 20th on the west. Um, but since we're looking, part of this, which we haven't gotten into yet, is looking at transportation and streets and trails, we do know that we need to take you know, a little broader view than that. Um, and there are some cu- upcoming transportation projects that go to, like just outside the boundaries. So we're including some recommendations that are within the area too. Leaf, in your expertise in the Creasel Corridor and such, how have you seen business owners, entrepreneurs, developers use plans like this one? Well, our organization, we actually manage two different business improvement districts. So I've had the opportunity to work all over the south side as well on the north north side. And where when businesses and developers come to an area, um, first and foremost, they want to see if the property they're looking at is zoned for the correct land use that they're, that they're looking to uh, implement. And oftentimes they need to go through the city to verify that, or they'll contact us here at the Business Improvement District and we'll help walk them through that process with the city. So it is important that they check those legal documents and those planning documents. It's also something that the bid can use to promote the area. You know, once we finish this plan, we'll be able to shop that around to developers and interested property owners and future property owners to say, hey, what you're interested in is very much needed and wanted here in our community. And here's a document. That shows that. So this sounds like a really important process within municipal government. At Bridges City, we're sort of nerds when it comes to local government. And we really love highlighting these important pieces that maybe are underreported on or not as um, uh, you know well-known for residents and such. So um, I would love to hear what are what specific roles are each of you taking within this process? So it sounds like, Amy, you're sort of the lead, the, the manager of the project. Um, is there more to your role? What does that entail? What does that look like on a regular basis, Amy? So at the City of Milwaukee and within planning, we wear a lot of hats. Um, so it's trying to bring everyone together. We work closely on these projects with um, community members. So in this particular project, 16th Street Community Health Centers is our main outreach partner and they're then helping us connect with a bunch of neighborhood associations and really then um, spread that out and that information. So my job is to bring all those people together, have these discussions, ask a lot of questions, and then um, work with the the DCD staff and team and um, our planning team overall, um, you know, in and outside the city to work on taking all that input and putting it into the recommendations. DCD staff also 
Um, we lay out the plans, we handle the graphics and a whole lot of pieces to that. Um, so planners within the city of Milwaukee wear a ton of hats. And then Leaf, you're not uh, employed by the city, right? What is your role in uh, this Envision South 13th Street process? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I represent the Business Improvement District. Bids, for those of you that don't know, they are a separate entity from the city. It's organized and enacted by private commercial property owners and business owners that want to see above and beyond improvement in their in their areas and their districts and communities, uh, above and beyond what maybe the city or local municipality um, can provide. So, you know, our job and my job here within this planning project is to really ground truth a lot of what's happening um, within our community meetings and within our um, kind of planning subgroups um, between Amy and I and all the other representatives of the uh, resident groups and, and the community organizations that we're partnered with. Um, obviously, you know, speak to businesses, uh, work within uh, different survey structures to get more information from businesses and residents as well and other stakeholders that we work with. And, and that's similar to what 16th Street Community Health Center is doing on the residential side. So what Amy and her planning team, as they put things together with our input, then we're able to, in real time, kind of, like I said, ground truth some of those those ideas and those concepts to make sure that they are going to be accepted wholeheartedly and that they do represent the community. Leaf, Leaf, you said part of your role is to ground truth the community or, or get the truth out. What does that look like in practice? What do you mean by that? You know, I, I guess the term is is maybe not well defined. It's just something that comes to mind when you consider going through a planning process. And my, my background is in, in planning and in similar capacity and taking that information in real time and frankly, going directly to the source, the business owners, property owners, and talking to them individually, um, whether it's one-on-one or through survey work to figure out, okay, this is what we're hearing in our public meetings. This is what we're kind of brainstorming within the planning groups. Is is this is this actually what you're feeling, right? Um, it's just kind of another level of, of interacting with the community, uh, maybe getting some more you know, poignant answers from property owners and and other stakeholders in these planning meetings you know whether they're virtual like we're doing now and i'm sure amy will get into that um or in the past when we did more traditional in-person events there's just always going to be a certain part of the population that's not comfortable speaking in larger groups or or maybe they they want to um kind of process that information a little more before they comment on it um which i definitely respect so it's always good to go back and kind of, you know, double check your work. It's like anything else. You want to make sure that you're not just getting only a gut reaction, but you're also getting a well thought out reaction from all the constituents. And it's just yet another opportunity, another iterative opportunity to get a, to get a good perspective and good a good well rounded response. Not not everything is going to be applauded. Not everything is going to be perfect and shiny and and well accepted. And and that's totally okay. That's what we want to do. We want to test all these ideas and concepts. And make sure that what floats to the top is really, you know, the best of the best and, and what the community really wants to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to add on to that, we as city staff, you know, really need those community partners and people to be involved because 
that's where a lot of the relationships are already made. And city staff, we want to understand what's going on. We want to understand the people, the businesses within the community. They're the ones that are there every day. They know what's going on. They know what the issues are. They know what the potential is. And all of that needs to go into these plans. These plans aren't meant to sit on a shelf. Um, we don't want them to be. We want them to be community informed and we want them to help everybody build consensus around the same priorities. And- that, that's a great point. And, and another thing that's really helpful about going to individual, you know, whether it be business owners or property owners or residents or other stakeholders is, you know, groups like ours, the business improvement districts, the 16th street community health center, others, you know, they have more intimate relationships with the stakeholders. So they might know something that's going on, you know, behind the scenes with a property owner or a certain industry sector in that area um, that may inform this planning process either now or in the future, or may impact the effectiveness of of certain projects that that we might be trying to implement or or the community might be interested in. So again, it's it's an iterative process and bringing in all that information, you know, formal and otherwise is is critical. I mean, this particular process, just to go on that, has been like in the works in a way for over 10 years. There has been so much um, done within this community um, in various neighborhoods, like the um, Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewage District's KK River Plan is a huge component of what's been going on. If you haven't made it down to the new Pulaski Park, definitely go check it out. You can check out what the area between 6th and 16th looks like now and what it will look like in a few years. So that, they, you know, there's a lot of planning at the neighborhood level going on. There's a lot of the crease report of it has been going on, a lot of people involved that really led to this planning effort and the, the need for it within the community. That leads perfectly into my next question, which is this is a all-hands-on-deck project. Um, you mentioned 16th Street Community Health as one of your partners. Who else is helping you create this plan? So we're working with all the different neighborhood groups. Some of them are, you know, more set up as formal nonprofits. Some of them are um, representatives for groups that might become neighborhood associations at some point. Um, we're also working with a lot of the schools in the area. Um, we've been able to do some neat stuff and really try to be creative within COVID with a few of the schools and then all, a bunch of other city departments. So, you know, working with the Office of Violence Prevention, the, the police districts in the area, our DPW staff as well is extremely involved. Um, I think they become more and more involved with all our comprehensive planning because everyone knows um, how much reckless driving is an issue within the city. But, you know, we're working with different health partners. I mentioned uh, Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewerage District as well. So really trying to bring everyone that we can to the table. So if we haven't reached out to you and you're in the area and you don't know about this, please, please do reach out because we, we want to include you too. I did want to say, you know, I've been, as, as a person that's not with the city, but oftentimes works with, you know, every city department um, throughout a given day, week, month, and year, um, on a lot of different projects, I've been really impressed, especially over the last year, year and a half, with how well and and how improved the communication has been between city departments as Amy and her team move this plan forward. Um, you know, a good example of that is uh, Amy and her team's connection with DPW and the multimodal unit, um, and some of the opportunities that have come about. Um, you know, even right when we were starting the planning process and, and as we speak to implement some pilot programs and, and initiatives to kind of, again, test what we're already hearing from the community and what we know already um, from the data we're seeing, you know, related to maybe traffic safety and things like that, and kind of already get moving on some of these things that normally um, may take a couple years after a planning project is like this is complete. So that's been, from an outsider's perspective, just just a delight 
<laughs> and so it sounds like there's a lot of work that goes into collecting community perspectives, perspective and opinions of stakeholders, which is amazing. I think for some, um, we want to avoid the city just dictating what, what happens without community input, of course. Um, and so what have you learned so far? I mean, talking to stakeholders, what assets have you identified as part of the Envision South 13th Street plan? Uh, what should listeners be aware of and know about in terms of assets in the area? But we started a survey leading up to this project. There was another grant that allowed um, us to work with 16th Street and MMSD and the bid to start a survey back in end of February. Um, and then we were planning on getting you know, a survey going, like all this information before the planning project started, planned on doing like this whole big event in July. And then, yeah, everything shut down. So um, there were some delays with that, but we were able to have that survey then run through November and really get a ton of input. Um, and help us inform then about a series of community meetings in the fall. So the top issues that have come out are reckless driving and the need for better pedestrian and bicycle accommodations with the area, and then also either perceived or actual personal safety and crime. Um, so those are like top of the list in terms of issues. We also heard though a lot of value within diversity, um, both diversity of the people that are there, but also like the diversity of businesses and things like that. It's a really cool um, corridor that Leaf can definitely talk to in terms of it's, it's unique um, in the number of local businesses and the types of businesses. Um, and then people are really happy with what's going on with parks and recreation and trails. Um, and they've got a lot of great ideas to build on that, too. So um, really looking to build on the identity um, and work towards uh, breaking down some of those issues that we've been talking about with them. Yeah, to jump to jump on what Amy said, she's exactly right. You know, before this planning process process started, when we started the business improvement district in 2015, you know, the mission of it beyond doing some of the more um, uh, standard bid operating uh, projects such as beautification, you know, signage, district marketing was really, you know, traffic safety was one of the big ones. But also, you know, capturing that diversity that already exists amongst not only the, the surrounding neighborhood, but particularly those restaurants, those those little markets that are along South 13th Street and, and along Oklahoma. Uh, you know, we have, if you just take a, a two minute drive down the corridor, you'll see restaurants from probably five to 10 different countries represented, right? Um, and not all ones that you might assume are there, which is, is great. And, and, um, every time, you know, we've had a couple new businesses sprout up over the last maybe six months and, and they've all been diverse in nature with diverse food offerings, which is just amazing. Uh, a lot of people know Bombay sweets and, and some other, um, Mexican restaurants along 13th street. There's also some Southeast Asian markets opening up and, um, uh, some Middle Eastern places that are that are just outstanding. So we're excited to see that diversity recognized in this plan, and it'll help us, you know, kind of increase the opportunity to showcase that and bring more discussion to the table from those different populations. So we can hopefully, you know, attract more businesses like that and capitalize on on that um, that branding for our district. So. The Envision South 13th Street plan is coming to an end, but I know there are a, at least one more public meeting coming up. Um, can you talk about 
the ways that residents can continue to engage with the plan? Yeah, and actually, I would say we're probably about half done. Um, so the, a lot of the meetings were in the fall and along the survey to get all that input. Um, but in terms of like the, the direct stakeholders and the planning staff, we're working on the recommendations that come out of it. So the recommendations being programs or projects in this particular plan, you know, and setting a vision for that area. Um, so the next step, we're going to have a meeting on April 20th. Um, it'll be virtual. We're working on what the setup and what that looks like. Um, but we're also launching um, around that time, hopefully a few days before, a website for people to give feedback on as well with the different planning project recommendations. Um, and we'll have it open for about a month. And in the meantime, you know, we'll be working with those stakeholders, um, entities, and some community representatives to also go in more deep depth on some of the other plan components. And then probably looking at uh, late July for then a draft plan. And so that will get out to the public for about a month. We'll take some more input um, and have another um, public meeting as well at that point. And of course we, we welcome feedback throughout um, and people you know throwing things in and we'll do what we can to integrate all that. So we, we still have some time left. There will be kind of a lull, um, but we'll be actively working on it on the back end. All right. So, um, we really saw a change in how residents participated in civic engagement in their cities and communities after Trump was elected in 2016, or at least it felt like a visible change. This past summer, especially, we saw a lot of direct action in the streets with the Black Lives Matter movement. But even before that, we witnessed what seemed like higher levels of uh, direct action with things like the March for Our Lives, March for Science, the Women's March, right after Trump was, uh, or the, I think the day of Trump's inauguration back in 2016. So does that direct action, the, the participation sort of in the politics, whether it's on the streets or on social media, have either of you seen uh, higher levels of engagement in the bureaucracy of governance? Uh, that's a little bit different from the direct action um, that we've seen in the streets. Have, have you noticed any pickup in uh, civic engagement when it comes to stuff like this in terms of participation and such? Yeah, I would, I would jump in, you know, from a, a more of a grassroots perspective, um, from the, the community we're, we're kind of serving on the South side, something that's impressed me quite a bit over the past, not just year, but over the past few years. And really since I've worked, um, in the area is we have a highly diverse residential and business population. Um, and regardless of what you see kind of as the, you know, the news flash every day. Um, residents and business owners on the ground that, that we and my staff talk to every day um, aren't nearly as polarized as, as you might be made to believe, you know, I think everyone, um, or, you know, most of the people we talk to are, are just wanting to work together as a community to see all these improvements happen, whether they're um, socioeconomic, political, um, or, or anything in between, uh, you know, from the bid perspective, um, you know, we've seen very tangible, uh, results of community members coming together, a very diverse population of residents came together, um, over the 2020 year and, and worked with a, a local artist from the community, um, that's done some murals and, uh, you know, the bid sponsored, a portion of, of the funding for that mural and it went up at 6th in Oklahoma. 
And what was impressive is that, you know, the, the theme of the mural wasn't polarizing. In fact, it wasn't political in nature at all. Um, but it did in its own way highlight past, present and future um, of the community from a visual perspective. And I think it had, had a huge impact. And it was just cool to see, regardless of the image, um, all those residents working together with even MPD and and the city of Milwaukee and, and the bid and, and businesses and uh, other civic groups. So I think, again, you know, where you see things happening and where you see a lot of optimism, I think, is at the ground level. Um, and I feel fortunate that, that I do get to interact with the businesses and the residents um, very often, as well as, you know, people like Amy at the city and people in government, like the different older persons to kind of get all those perspectives. Yeah, and I just wanted to just say that I love that observation leaf because it emphasizes something we talk a lot about on Bridges City, which is the power of local government and local civic participation to almost either rise beyond the political polarization that sometimes consumes us at the national level or just like not even deal with politics, right? Because it's just a matter of making sure your streets are safe, they're properly lit, that they're beautiful in whatever way that means to the community, right? And so I love how you pointed out the the power of, of local uh, civic participation. Go ahead, Casey. On June 24th, 2020, Mayor Tom Barrett put out a policy statement saying that, amongst other things, that recognizing that racial disparities and behaviors that perpetuate racism have negatively effect- impacted our community and the ability of some of our residents to experience freedom and equality. I am directing each member of the cabinet to ensure that racial equity is a core element of all of their departmental operations. So one of the action steps um, includes strengthening outreach and public engagement for communities of color that came out of this mayoral directive. What changes have your department made and how has that strengthened, strengthened the Envision South 13th Street plan, Amy? All right, so the, the city of Milwaukee joined the Government Alliance for Racial Equity um, and DCD planning decided to take the first step, you know, and try to set um, kind of a method and a framework for increasing um, or decreasing the barriers, you know, breaking those down for civic engagement, particularly within communities of color. And so we, over the last year, um, met internally with a bunch of um, folks, both in the DCD department, but also some of the other departments to do community outreach to talk about barriers we've seen, um, sent out a survey to a bunch of community organizers to ask them about the barriers and which ones, you know, what we're missing from this list. And also, um, you know, what are the highest priorities? What are the biggest things they're seeing in their communities? Um, so really looking at ground truthing some of the ideas that we had seen. Um, and then we took that and we've held a couple of workshops now with community organizers to talk through again those barriers, what came out of the survey results, and then work on getting ideas to work for, um, work towards an action plan. So we've developed a, um, a draft action plan, um, just took that to community organizers a couple of days ago um, to get feedback. And they had tremendous ideas, you know, really broke down the issues. Um, we brought them more to what DCD planning can do. And now we have a set of actions um, that we're gonna flesh out some of that feedback a little bit more um, that we can, we're already starting to do in 2021. Um, and we'll commit to for 2022 and 2023 to work on breaking down those barriers. And then we're also, you know, going to share this with other departments so they can also look at implementing different things um, within their areas. So that's DCD's first step. Um, 
you know, with that directive coming from the mayor and um, the directives coming from council to work on um, increasing racial equity within the city and really bringing that into our plans. And so, you know, as a planner, we've been working to pivot and we've been able to try a lot of online outreach, which helps then, you know, access the people that can't get to public meetings. We can't assume, you know, the only way you're going to have input is coming to a public meeting. Um, since we haven't been able to, you know, drop by um, neighborhood events or things like that in this process, you know, we've been reaching out to neighborhood groups individually and that sort of thing. It's just, you know, trying to do the best we can within the pandemic, um, but it's it's also opened up opportunities. So we've engaged with Sablaki Community School for this project. And um, as Leif has mentioned, you know, this area is incredibly diverse. There's at least 10 languages spoken within that community school. Um, and so we've done a really cool project with kids, you know, where we've worked with the Bike Federation and 16th Street um, to do this. And it's something that we've wanted to do at DCD planning for a while. Um, the Bike Fed was able to, you know, fill them in about, you know, what, street safety looks like and then do this cool little project talking about place and um, kids give an awesome view and it's not that different from adults but they see things in a different way um, my colleague also did a, a project with grandview high school so it was great to get high school students engaged too and talking about the streets um, both learning you know the process and um, just civic engagement at that young level and really looking at how we can design our areas for people that are zero to 90, you know, because if it works for a really young child, it's also gonna work for someone um, that has accessibility needs in the long run. So yeah, we're very committed um, to those action steps and figuring out how to have more equitable engagement and um, equity within our development and all of our projects throughout the city. And I was just gonna say, you know, it, it's incremental. There's, it's a extremely complex, it's very historical issue, um, very, very far back in time, right? Um, and so we're definitely committed to work on the work and we know it's challenging um, and it will take a long time. Yeah, and I sort of alluded to this earlier where it's like a lot of the challenges institutionally that exist stem from the fact there were people within the city who had biased views making decisions for the community, right? And so it sounds like this area plan has been super intentional about involving stakeholders and the community. And that usually is a good way to just have equity built in to the process itself. So um, I'm really grateful that Casey was able to put, put this together because I, I love municipal government. I love city government as a government teacher myself. And so I've learned a, a, a bit and I'm hoping listeners take away a lot as well and want to get involved in this area plan or an area plan in their in their neighborhood. It sounds like there's a lot of them throughout the city and they're probably in different steps along, you know, creating a new one or reforming or whatever. But uh, at least they know what an area plan is now, which I didn't before this. Um, one thing that makes Bridge the City unique is that we end every single episode with tangible action steps. So not only are listeners informed, they leave here uh, knowing what they can do tomorrow or next week to make a difference in our city. What action steps do you have for our listeners? Leaf, let's start with you. You know, just informally, you know, get out on the street. And I think that's, it sounds oversimplified, but, you know, for example, you know, there's a number of Earth Day cleanups going on in the community in April. You know, get out, meet your neighbors, meet the people that may be helping regularly. Maybe that, you know, that's what they do every weekend. They go out and they, they do stuff in the community, meet people that have maybe never left the house to, to engage with their neighbors. You know, this, this is the time to kind of reinvent uh, what your community can be, if that's what you're looking for. And I think 
we're all looking to get out and about after the last year or so uh, in our own ways. So let that be in support of your neighborhood and uh, in support of your neighbors. Yeah, I agree. Go go out and explore. Um, and in terms of getting involved with this project, you know, work on or go in if you're on Facebook or other social media, you know, DCD is there, the Crystal Quarter bit is there, and you can stay tuned about updates for this project. Join the city's e-notified to get um, alerts for any department. Um, we're under area plans, and this is the southwest side area plan. If you want to hear about updates for this project, um, you can go check out the Envision 13th Street website, which has recordings from our previous meetings and some other information and the survey results. Um, and we totally, we'd love to see all of you um, at the April 20th meeting. Um, and if you can't make it there, definitely check out um, the recommendations website um, when that's up. And then I did want to mention, you know, we have some current planning type projects that will be in this particular area. So um, the Department of Public Works just held a meeting for Morgan Avenue, be a restriping project there. They're getting up a website that will be live, I'm sure, by the time this is broadcast. They, there also will be a transportation alternatives grant for Oklahoma Avenue from 6th to 27th Street. So stay tuned for that. That's a federal grant. Um, oh, the Morgan Avenue one is from 6th to 27th as well. And then um, Milwaukee Metropolitan Sewerage District will be launching their public outreach for the KK River work from 6th to 16th Street, um, probably sometime in the fall. They're looking at that. So stay tuned. There's going to be a lot of like active on the ground projects to engage with as well within this area. And then, um, yeah, we hope to see you. You can reach out to DCD at any time. Um, we're happy to help. And just to clarify too, Amy, you listed a, a quite a few interesting things that I want to be engaged in. Is the e-notify system, is that like the main action step? So if you follow an, uh, the appropriate e-notify, uh, uh, I don't know what they're called, uh, listservs, I guess, um, you'll be able to stay up to date uh, on all those different uh, projects? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them, right? Um, so within DCD, we have the 14 different area plans. So the one that's within your area. Um, and if you can't, you know, if you look at the website and you're like, I don't know where I fall, um, definitely just send an email to us and we will um, help you figure that out. I should also know, like uh, someone mentioned, you know, I think Ben, that was you. We do have a few other planning projects that are launching this year. So there will be an update to the downtown plan and also the Bayview plan launched later this year. So there's, there's definitely a lot going on. Um, if you are on social media, we've really upped our social media presence for DCD's Facebook page. So all of these events and things are posted there as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That's exciting. I didn't know Bayview was coming up. That's where I live. So I will surely get involved, I'm sure. Um, yeah, whoever is in charge of that uh, within DCD will probably hear and see me a lot. So that's fun. <laughs> They'll know your name. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you both for coming on um, and sharing a little bit of your expertise with Bridge the City. Uh, we look forward to hearing more from you guys. And like they said, um, go ahead and get on social media and the e-notify. It's bulky. Yes, but the updates are very cool. And I that's how I know all the things that are going on. Thank you to Amy and Lee for joining us today and for all of you who listened all the way through. If you made it to the end of the episode and you still haven't subscribed to Bridges City from wherever you get podcasts, make sure to hit the subscribe button um, and get Bridges City dropped into your feed every couple weeks. And if you like what we're doing, consider supporting us on Patreon at that 414 level. And of course, let us know how you are helping Bridge the City. Thank you.
University。